Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Subtle Storm, where we talk about the human condition, the human experience, psychology, metaphysics, sexuality, all of the beautiful things that engulf our humanity and make it part of the storm that we experience as humans. And today we're going to talk a little bit more within the the realm of metaphysics. And I realize that, you know, we talk about metaphysics quite frequently. We don't always identify what it is, um, what it, you know, what the laws actually look like. I don't, I don't typically talk about the laws of metaphysics when I'm speaking, but a lot of the things that I say do link within that. And another thing that I say quite frequently, if you've noticed, is that we're all mirrors for each other. I've said this in quite many episodes, and it's been a prevalent, um, mantra in a sense throughout my life and my experiences within spirituality and with my own awakening and awareness and I think can be a really good dive into understanding of our all of our own complexes as beings and the way that we interact with the world around us so I'm gonna kind of go into what this concept looks like and then go into like the more technical I guess um, explanations of what the laws look like with the metaphysics of this concept, which is pretty much just a reality of what I'm explaining in general. So we're pretty much just talking about how the world is our mirror, how people that we interact with are our mirrors, how we are our own mirrors within ourselves and things of that nature. And I think, you know, it could be useful to even maybe dumb it down and explain what a mirror really is. And if you think about, um, you know, the concept of, of a literal mirror, we look into it and we can only see through that mirror what is within us or what is on us, which, what the mirror wants to show us in that moment. And it's reflecting something of us back to us for our own perception. And that's really what this entire concept is, is things being reflected through us to us, or from us to us, um, in every sense, but in not just the most literal sense that we see directly through the reflection of a mirror, you know, or the same thing, or somebody else into us, and back into them, and it's pretty much just this big reflection or refraction of inner workings of worlds, um, so one of the bigger concepts, um, in and around this topic is that we interact with people who stimulate aspects of us that we react to physically or we we have emotional responses to. Um, You know, our perceptions, like, for example, within that, our perceptions of others are reflections of us. So, like, if we were to have maybe preconceived judgments on ourselves of maybe our hair or things like that, it is a law of nature that we will see that in other people. Or, you know, if we are maybe more conscious of one thing that we've learned in life, we're going to, you know, maybe vet people by trying to see if they've learned that thing as well. And this isn't, maybe it's a little bit more challenging to see in the concept of mirrors because it doesn't look like it directly reflects, but it really does. Because even in those opposite moments, there's so much reflection happening. And, you know, within this concept, we, especially within the first thing that I kind of talked about with um, interacting with people who stimulate aspects of us that we react to, those 
can also be more emotional or triggering things such as like, you know, deep-rooted abandonment issues. But like, for example, with that, if somebody is, um, you know, let's say you get rejected, um, maybe rejection is not the best example. Let's say, you know, somebody wants to um, take some space from you. You're in a, you're in a committed relationship, but somebody wants to take some space with you. Let's do this example. And in your mind, you're taking that, or they're, they've communicated that it's just for time with themselves and they want to make sure that they're staying good with themselves, reconnecting, etc. But from your perspective, if you have an abandonment wound, you know, you're going to view that situation or perceive that situation as a threat to your security with yourself or it's going to feel like abandonment. And within that, if you can allow yourself to recognize that moment, then you can go deeper and deeper and identify the the root and, and conquer it, especially in a relationship dynamic, bring that up and talk about it. Have that clear, effective communication within this concept so that you can move through it. But we're talking more about the root or the, the concept of reflection in this moment. So within that, we can kind of see that it's not really like the other person making that reflection. It's very clearly that you have this wound, you have this abandonment thing, this this concept that's making you perceive this normal situation as abandonment. And it also... In learning how to hone in on this concept, we learn more compassion for ourselves in these concepts and in these moments so that we can see these things and say, hey, actually, this is what's happening and hold compassion for ourselves as being the mirror or being the catalyst for understanding the reaction that just happened or that just took place with the partner or even be able to see that the mirror is happening and stepping away from it and looking more closely at just the the blocks i guess or the the people that are interacting instead of the mirrors and and say okay well i see you but i also see my mirror and both of them have as much val- validity and we're not going into relationships and excuse me <laughs> and how to you know co- cooperate within the mirror or maintain that co-commitment but um or, you know, that effective communication and whatnot. But that's really how mirrors kind of operate within that subconscious level of like, but when you think about how you interact on a daily basis within anything, you know, let's say that you find yourself getting a little bit frustrated at somebody on the road. That's a direct reflection of the anger that's kind of exuding in you in some other areas of life, or even in those triggers in those moments of like, wow, I don't really feel seen right now. And you know, this person just cut me off. I don't feel seen. I feel invisible. I feel like they're trying to one-up me in some way. And it might not even be that they were even conscious of it. But that, in that exact moment, you are the mirror to yourself of like, oh, I don't feel seen. Where is this coming from? This is pre-exempt, pre-premeditated, I guess, anger in a sense that is not premeditated, but Anger that was already existing within your system but is now being pulled into this mirror to reflect back to you within a moment that is triggering that anger. And vice vice versa for, or, or you know, this, this concept applies to any other aspect of that. You know, if you find yourself um, reactive towards anything in life, it's always a reflection of inner workings that are happening for you or inner triggers that are happening for you. And it's not always directly the you know, space that you're in, the people that you're interacting with, or 
you know, the environment that you've um, found yourself within. It's And that's the same thing as, like, creating your own reality, which it's not always creating your reality, but it's creating the way that you desire to perceive the way that you're mirroring to back to yourself, if that makes sense. So, you know, reclaiming that mirror and saying, yeah, well, I see this mirror, but this is what I'm going to choose to do instead of reacting to the mirror. And we, we gain the most power from sitting in the mirror and, you know, understanding that it's a normal process and that it allows us growth to, to heal. And we also act as a reflection of our subconscious mind, you know, and not even just acting. Words are reflections of our, our mind. And especially when we're on drugs, I think this is a, one of the biggest mirrors for us as, as humans is when we're on drugs and our minds can expand. And not saying that drugs expand our minds, really, but especially psychedelics, it can take you to different levels of consciousness, I believe. And a new episode is coming up on psychedelics will be here soon. Um, but, but not even expanding our mind, but make us more vulnerable outwardly and openly so that you can really, it's like the, one of the biggest mirrors I would say for you, You, even like cocaine addicts, you would see, you know, their deep inner traumas and, and sufferings are coming out through the action of taking the drug and through the suppression of those emotions that is the direct reflection of what's going on internally. And um, while it can make it more difficult to see those things, that's, you know, it's a more outward ref- reflection, if anything, where it's still the inward reflection of them to them, but it's more clear to other people of that reflection, if that makes sense. And it's similar to words. And you can also equate that to being drunk. You know, we all, we all get that, like, um, inhibition, the loss of, like, yeah, you, you lose your inhibition, so you kind of become more susceptible to telling people what you're thinking and, and et cetera, and that's a reflection of, of who you are and what your subconscious is saying deep down. Who knows what that might be, but it is a more vulnerable and uncontrollable concept or aspect of yourself that is existing in that moment. So within that, it's it's a big reflection if you allow yourself to witness it, but it's definitely a big reflection to everybody else around you. Think about maybe times that you've went out and then woken up the next morning and somebody's known something more about you that you didn't even know that you let them know. It's exactly the same concept. Or you were just, you acted on your instincts and that is a direct reflection of who you are in some ways, shape or form, even if it's not the you that you want to become or to be. That's the choice that you can make within the reflection or within that mirror, but it still exists within you and acknowledging that allows it to exist peacefully instead of, you know, pushing it down to become an even more difficult reflection to access, if that makes sense. But yeah, and I think in the same way as actions are reflections of our subconscious, like for example, if you become, if you're a people pleaser, you might, um go out of your way to provide acts of service for somebody um, in return to try and get your needs met by them subconsciously. And that you taking that action is a subconscious reflection of your actual needs and desires. Even if you do just want to do that out of the kindness of your heart, there is still some, maybe even really low or at your very, very core baseline, some need that you learned needs to be fulfilled in that way. And that is a reflection of how you grew up and how you experienced and learned how to operate within life. Doesn't mean that it's bad. Doesn't mean it's anything that you need to fix necessarily. But it is a reflection to understanding our deepest 
aspects of ourselves, and especially our close relationships. Our close relationships are mirrors to unhealed patterns, subconscious processes, and conscious conscious processes and effort and growth and how we show up and how we desire to communicate and set boundaries and I think one of the biggest things is you know that concept of loving yourself before you can love anybody else is so true because you can't become love or you can't experience love unless you are love you know to experience somebody loving you fully is to experience you loving you fully it's hard to step into that fully without acknowledging that you deserve it or that you are it or that you don't need it but you want it that's the most powerful type of love and I think in relationships it pulls out especially because you know this is going back to the early developmental psychology um you know we attach to figures very early on our primary attachment figures become our, our guardians or our parents. And within that, we look to those those characters in our life to fulfill our very basic needs or to fulfill our, um, or just our concept of, of love and what we learn love to be and what we learned interactions to be. And I think a lot of the time, especially within the past couple decades or past couple generations, I should say, um, there's been a, a lack of love and a lack of um and I'm talking generally of course this doesn't speak for everybody but I think it's fair to to make that generalization across the last I mean honestly like thousands of generations within this is growing you know increasingly better but it's been like this where a lot of families don't know how to offer emotional needs or support within that or thing you know love true like nurturing versus nature you know I don't think a lot of families knew how to provide that nurturing in a healthy and proper, respectful manner. So I think a lot of people now kind of repress those in themselves and those needs that we didn't get met as children then carry on into relationships, which we've talked about a thousand times, which we will continue to talk about. Um, Within any type of closeness that we enter into in our adult years or even like early youth, Um, or early adolescence, I should say, you know, we start to, especially in very close relationships, we start to observe those subconscious programmings from our parental or primary attachment figures grow. Even if they're, you know, in a secure attachment at first, they will start to blossom and show themselves a little bit more because of that closeness and because of how those relationships in that type of partnership or closeness or, remind you so deeply of those primary attachment figures because this is just another primary figure that you're attaching to or figures or whatever it may be and there's a direct correlation and I think that's also why you know people always say you go for partners who are similar to a parent when you're in toxic cycles um, because one it feels familiar and also it's you know it's a direct example of what we were taught and what we learned was okay and Within that, that is the biggest mirror for us because we are attracting those partners who are loving us truly to the capacity that we're loving ourselves, even if we feel like we're loving ourselves to the fullest extent. That partner that is not, for example, not showing you the love that you think that you deserve, you have to really ask yourself, are you though? Because 
as much as you can blame somebody else, there's accountability to be taken for the way that you perceive that happening in and of yourself alongside that happening to you as a broad example. But, you know, relationships are very much so, I think, built on that. And one of the ways to create healthy dynamics is to understand those subconscious workings and how you're reflecting in yourself and and also for them to be communicative of how you're they're reflecting through you onto themselves so you know you're going to see those patterns arise within the closeness and how you interact and how you react but also within their um well it's the same thing you're gonna you're gonna see you know your triggers and thoughts and patterns and things like that emerge from their actions and from their presence and their existence and also within just the closeness as a whole and the way to move through that is to understand the mirror that's happening within that and to understand yeah how you're reflecting and refracting through through and to each other or back to yourselves I should say so yeah Big, big reminder to, to experience someone, to experience someone loving you to love yourself fully. And, and then we can step more closely into a loving relationship if we understand those concepts of loving yourself and doing more for yourself. Therefore, you can pour back out into them or into the world, <laughs> whatever you choose. And so that kind of encompasses my direct perception of what it means to interact and to be mirrors. But there is um, this this law in metaphysics called the law of mirrors. And there's three major principles. I believe it's three. But it's you cannot see something in another human unless it's in you. Two, life reflects who we are and what we've become. Three, every relationship is reflecting parts of consciousness to us. Which I think speaks in and of itself to what we just talked about and also just how life in and of itself is reflective off of our our energy and how our energy includes our vibration, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, our actions all of those things and that that leads to attraction and then the mirroring process and this law kind of overall states one how we judge and our personal responsibility so you know it, it in a way clarifies how we interact based off of our preconceived notions about other beings which is a direct reflection of us and also how we perceive ourselves which is a direct reflection of us and our inner workings from those perceptions gained from other beings upon ourselves and vice versa. And I think in a way, this really shows how we are, like I said earlier, we are creators. And I I typically stay away from the term that we create our own reality because I think that it's kind of miscued within the media and I think the way that we create our own reality is by understanding how we're mirroring and you can't really create anything without understanding how it's happening and it's not like we create the things that happen to us or for us it's that we create the way that we observe 
our response and how we react to it. We create the reaction to the inner response. And by creating that reaction, we create kind of like subatomic happenings after that kind of like, um, what's the word? I can't remember. Um, chain reactions in a sense, you know, once we react in one way, continually, you know, allow space for us to react or to feel or to think and da 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 but if we change, if we notice this interaction of this mirror happening, we have the choice of how we want to react and how that will shift the creation of the, the, how our reality follows that. And then that creates a cycle. And then, then we really do create our life. And it goes the same way for doing that in a negative cycle where we have this, we see what's happening. We might not always allow ourselves a full fullest extent of seeing the true inner workings of what's happening thus we react or even if we're aware of what's happening but we still choose to react then it creates that that chain reaction or continuation of those negative cycle loops until we decide to look deeper and closer into understanding it and holding compassion for ourselves then we can fix it and hold a deeper more understanding and compassionate and conscious reaction to the thing thus changing the cycle and this, and also just reflecting in ourselves at all times, understanding or, or holding compassion for ourselves, is truly how we gain awareness of how our life operates, and how to lead with further compassion for others and for ourselves, and how to gain more awareness and wisdom in our own subconscious happiness and, um, and sadness, and all the other emotions that occur. The more time that we allow ourselves awareness within our subconscious happenings, our conscious happenings, and, you know, really sit with those things and, and try to understand that there are reasons why that's happening. There's reasons why I'm being mirrored these things again. And especially we learn this a lot through repeated patterns. You know, I've talked a bit, quite a bit about the Fibonacci sequence and how I believe that in certain areas of life, we kind of will continually go through these cycles of life and continually be shown the same lesson until we get to a phase of life where we can fully hone in and understand and learn that lesson. And that's just going to continue and go. But when you watch that pattern happening, that's the trigger of when we need to look deeper and to look at, you know, where that is mirroring from within us. Because it always, at the end of the day, always comes back to us. And we can take more accountability and responsibility for our, our interactions and our reactions and our actions when we understand that factor of, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm only operating and only reacting and holding whatever, becoming or anything because of me. And that in itself is how we are creators. Everything is a kind of stemming from us and the way that we create the way that we interact is shaped on how we perceive ourselves so I invite you to in moments of uncertainty in this in this these areas or when you're trying to gain more awareness within yourself ask yourself how is this reflecting into me how is this showing me more of me and how can I put what's in me in front of me to understand it fully and to fall deeper into myself and hold that compassion. What can I do for me right now? How am I showing up that isn't 
reflecting my truest self in this react in this interaction there's thousands of questions you can ask yourself and even just sitting within those can be a prime factor or indicator on how aware we are sit with those maybe throw some journal prompts in there whatever you need to do to feel more awareness self-compassion and again at the same time don't have to do what you feel is right for you and I invite you to ask yourself these questions there's a better way to operate within that either way it goes thank you for tuning in and I appreciate you I hope you have a blessed and amazing day namaste